Hello and welcome to The Little Pod, a little podcast where we take on big ideas, ask the big questions and hopefully offer a big load of support for all of you out there with little ones under five. This podcast is brought to you by Oxford University Press. I'm Robin Belfield and I'm back in the Oxford studio with two very special guests and it's time to introduce them. Today we're joined by Lauren, a mum of two boys aged two and four from Coventry. Welcome Lauren. Hello, thanks for having me. And joining us also is Victoria Jones, who works for the fantastic and unique Story Museum in Oxford. The Story Museum attracts up to 100,000 visitors a year and aims to enrich lives, especially young lives, through story. Victoria is their Early Years Foundation Stage Coordinator. Hi, really happy to be here. Thanks both. So let's get on with today's big question. The big question. So today the question we're going to be tackling is, how can I encourage my child's creativity? Most of you listening probably have had a gallery of glittery artwork attached to your fridge or your wall at some point. We all know how much children love crafting things, making things, playing role-play games, and all of these are creative outlets. But today we're going to be exploring what creativity actually means, why it's a valuable thing to help your child cultivate, and all the ways creative thinking and approaches can help with communication, self-expression, independence, and problem-solving. Basically, life skills. Lauren, let's come to you first. What do you think about when we talk of creativity? Traditionally, I would think of messy play, crafts, the sort of things that my children come home from nursery with. So that could be a card for Mother's Day or Father's Day, which they've created flowers made out of their hands and feet and stuck a load of glitter on. And they've probably really, really enjoyed doing that. There was one time that my son had been looking at um, Stickman at nursery, which was their story of the week. And they went out into the garden, picked up some twigs and put some glitter on them. And he brought it home. And he was so proud of his stick. <laughs> so we still have that now. Um, but yeah, anything like that, anything, usually for me, it's, it's around messy play. That's, that is what I would traditionally say. We don't do a lot of that at home, though. We do more toy-based imagination play. My oldest loves playing with cars and trucks. They usually have an accident and he has to call in the emergency services. So he's quite good at narrating that story for us. I probably don't do as much of the messy play as I'd like. And do you describe yourself as a creative person? Within my role, I work in marketing. So I do have elements of being creative in my role, but I don't know that I'm necessarily that creative outside of work or in the home probably could do a little bit more, I think, to be creative with them at home. And you talk about the things that you do do at home and um, what are some of the other things that your children bring, bring from nursery? What are those creative projects? They love being outside. So nursery, our nursery has, each classroom has an outdoor area. It's almost an outdoor classroom. So they have access to the playground. They can play on bikes. They can play with all of the same sort of toys outside as inside. So they really love being outdoors, which we try to replicate at home. Um, we let them have free time in the garden to play as they want, make up games. There's again, there's a lots, lots of crashes with emergency services <laughs> needed. Um, but at home, they really love 
role play so imagination play dressing up we've got fireman outfit we've got a policeman's outfit we've got a postman's outfit it's a very role-based fancy dress we do a lot of that at home but they also love baking cooking play-doh coloring my youngest who is just two he really loves coloring so every single evening he asks to do coloring in the coloring books so he's very interested in that at the moment and what would you say was the top creative activity that they do? What's the, what's the number one go-to? My youngest is definitely colouring and drawing and scribbling. We've managed to get him to stop doing that on the walls, but that was happening <laughs> for a long time. And for my oldest, it's definitely imagination play. So with his cars, his trucks, creative storytelling in that sense. And he also really loves fancy dress. Great. Thank you so much, Lauren. I think that's probably very similar for, for lots of parents. So great, great to hear. What the experts say. Victoria, I'm going to come to you now. Um, what actually is creativity? Is it, is it art? Is it performance, storytelling, imagination? What, what, what is it? Well, it can be both. It can be neither. (laughs) Um, With creativity, we use the word quite liberally to um, describe lots of different things where we're creating something. But sometimes what we're doing is we're imitating art. So if we're doing paint by numbers, if we're copying a dance routine, if we're singing someone else's songs, they feel very creative. But The dictionary defines creativity as the use of imagination or original ideas to create something, so inventiveness. So what we're looking for in creativity is to come up with our own ideas on how to solve problems. So it's creative thinking. Maybe they want to colour outside the lines. Maybe they want to try something new. And like Lauren said, with the storytelling, when they start to make their own stories up, when they start to move away from the role play of I've seen this happen, so I'm going to retell it into, well, I wonder what would happen if a dinosaur came around and knocked this truck over and then I needed to call emergency services. So it's those kind of really um, moments where they're using their own ideas in their play. And what do what do children gain from having the opportunity to be creative or or exploring their their creativity? So you might recall um, a few years ago in lockdown, there was a lot of you know talk about how our mental health and our mental well being was being effective, and the way that we were being advised to help with this was by doing creative activities. There are a lot of pop up choirs. There are a lot of paint my numbers uh, the amount of paints and arts and crafts that were being sold like it was really hard to get hold of them my, myself I couldn't you know wait to get some paints being back in stock just so that I could join in with it but the reason behind that is because it really helps you think about what you're doing at that specific time so you have a real sense of control and this is something that children really lack when they're growing up, especially in the early years, you know, they're still learning, they still can't quite have control of their bodies, they're, they're still not allowed to make all the choices. So this really enhances their independence and they can also do creativity at their own level of ability. So they're not trying to 
replicate something, if they're not trying to do what someone else is doing, if they're just doing it for their own choice, for their own personal enrichment, it really supports their well-being, which is something we need throughout our entire lives. Great. And I, I can see the benefit right now when you, you talk about the need through our, through our lives. What, what does creativity give us in, in later life? What, what skills do, do children gain that are going to become useful later on? So you find as children move, particularly out of nursery and then into school, we ask them to kind of solve problems that require specific actions and calculations to solve them. But when we come into the real world, there are a lot of examples when, you know, we're trying to do something and we get stopped. Like you're, you've planned a trip somewhere, but, you know, there's some traffic there and you need to find a new way around. So you have to think out of the box. And quite often that's what recruiters are looking for. That's what a lot of our job adverts say. They want problem solvers. They want out of the box thinkers. And that's exactly what creativity is. Um, We have a new generation, which is fantastic. I love it. They're changing the world. The the jobs that we originally used to go to university for or to college for, they're kind of dying out. And we're getting this whole new level of opportunities for children because they're creating them for themselves they're actually making jobs that they want to do if they don't find them in the job market and they're looking for things that aren't there and they're like well how can I fill that gap how can I do that and that's exactly what we're going to need going forward that's fascinating thank you um Lauren I'm going to bring you back in now because you've got a question too Yeah, so I was just thinking about as a parent, how can I help to encourage my child's creativity at home and outside of nursery? Yeah, so I think the main thing is exposure, exposure to a whole world of creativity. So you often find arts and crafts, they're probably already getting at school and nursery. So what you want to do is look at the art on the walls, look at graffiti on the walls. Look in gardens, talk about how somebody has landscaped that, choice of colours, look what they've done. Go to museums, particularly Story Museum, which is fantastic. You can go for one of our Pay What You Can Sundays, which are at the last Sunday of every month at Story Museum for a taster. Um, You can, anywhere you look around, even in bus stops, there's usually some form of poster or advertising. Talk to children about, you know, oh, somebody designed that. Someone put those colours together. Somebody made that picture. Somebody drew that. And they can really start to see like, oh, actually, there's people behind that. And they look for that. Like, oh, I could do that one day. Or that's an interest. Or I wonder if I could try that home. And also, um, I know you said about being outdoors in the garden as well. So bringing things from the garden in to make art with is fantastic, you know. We also have a Story Museum monthly newsletter that goes out each month. And on there are tips um, for crafts that you can do. Recently, we just added one, which was making a story map. So as you went out on your walk for the day, you picked up things, you came home and you asked the child, like, "Okay, where do we see that? What was around? And then you stick it on and you kind of create your own little map of where you've been and it's very creative very open-ended they could tell their own story you can see what they can remember from that and it's just fantastic that's brilliant at the story museum you and your role must come across thousands of of children and 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 their parents what would you say are the are the biggest barriers for them uh 
to, to creativity? What, what's standing in their way? So I think one of the big barriers is messy play. I think we often think art has to be messy all the time. So you don't always want your house to become a big art project. Um, summer's particularly a good time for that because you can get them outdoors and hose them down before they come into the house. Um, but actually having a space for children to be creative is really important and some children do pick up that oh I'm not sure if mummy or daddy want me to get this messy oh, I don't know if I want to get my clothes dirty and that can be a massive barrier from the children's perspective that they might not join into something that they really want to do so having some messy clothes that they can go to nursery or school in or that they can go in the garden or do their activities with is really important great thank you all those suggestions and, and, and insights are really brilliant. But if people are listening and thinking, you know, what, what are the top top tips, if you like? What are the top three takeaways? What, what, what would you say? Yeah, so the first one I would say is think process over product. So remove limitations. It doesn't have to be anything. It might just be paint on a piece of paper. To that child, that time that they took the colors that they chose the movements they made with the hand that's the really important learning part not what it looked like at the end so try and remove those limitations the second one i'd say is interaction versus interfering so when you're looking at artwork with children you're encouraging them with wow i love that stroke you did to make that pattern or you know i love that you picked that from the garden because that's beautiful and Look, at you're using your independence. Your voice becomes their inner voice when they're older. So think about what you'd want to say to yourself. You know, quite often we have very limiting inner voices. So try and think about what your ideal inner voice would be in a store that child. Like, oh, look, I see you were really brave to go over there and pick that stick up and make another stick, man. I really like how you decided that you'd pick the larger leaf rather than the smaller leaf. So you can add lots of fantastic language in there too. And thirdly, I'd say about start with a story. Lauren mentioned how her child loves to tell stories around things. And you can do that wherever you are. So it's very open ended. You can be on the bus. You can look out the window and see something. And I wonder how that got there. Or I wonder who made this building. I wonder who decorated this hallway. I wonder who made that garden. And when you start to open up stories for children, they come back with their imagination and they can see that these things are jobs and they can see that, you know, there's lots more to the world than just, oh, something's there. You know, it's somebody put that there. Someone created that. Someone come up with that idea. And that's really, really important for children. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Victoria. With those tips, it feels like it's so much about giving our little ones space to explore their own thoughts, their feelings and imagination. There's great strategies there for exercising your child's creative muscles, and, and, and that's brilliant. We hope that you're all taking away some practical ideas from this podcast, and we wish you and your little ones all the best on your creative and imaginative journeys. We'll be back soon with another little pod taking on another big question. But until then, my thanks to both our guests for taking time to share your experiences and advice. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having me. It's been great to have you here in the studio. And to all our listeners, we look forward to you joining us here again next time on The Little Pod. <laughs>